What's up, everybody? We are back with the Hot by Happy Hour. I'm your host, Quinn. Got the boys with me, Sammy, Kobe. What's going on, Sammy? Hey, just hanging out. Looking forward to talking with you today. Uh, having a cigar. It's a My Father Le Bijou, uh, one of my favorite go-to cigars. I uh, picked up a box of, the, of those just the other day. And uh, you know where I went and got them? That's right, bestcigarprices.com. I uh, hit those guys up, promo code Sammy Claus, 10% off the entire store. And they stick by that name. They'll match any uh, any any price you can find on the internet for many of their competitors. So real good deal. And I got an early morning for work tomorrow. So unfortunately, I'm just drinking some water today. But I wish I was having a beer with you fellas. Toby, what are you doing? I am just chilling on the back porch as always. Um, and just enjoying the the quiet night. Um, not drinking either. I was having early morning. Um, so yeah, my, my, my intro is a little boring. <laughs> what about you, Quinn? Yeah, I guess I'll hold down the drinking for the gang. Um, I'm drinking a, uh, Russian Imperial stout from Helltown Brewing Company. It's called Sanctuary. Um, I enjoy Helltown quite a bit. I don't know where all of their reach is because they only recently kind of made their way into West Virginia, but they brew out of Export, Pennsylvania. Um, I have yet to have a beer by, by them that I really dislike. They are in a whole bunch of different fields. They've got a few good IPAs. Um, and this Imperial Stout, it comes in at 10.5%, but it's really smooth. If you have a goblet, highly recommend drinking it out of a goblet. Is it, yeah. as, good as, is it as good as Cam, your father's? Russian Imperial? No. That he, that, that's a really high standard to put a lot of companies' beers on because some of my yeah. favorite beers I've ever had, that man is brewed. And a lot of people will think, yeah, that's BS. I've had home brew before. It's not that good. I will second that. I, I would say of the probably seven best beers I've ever had, I'll bet Cam is up there with at least three of them, if not four. Yeah, like I, I can't even drink a Saison. Like, I can't drink a Saison because every Saison I have, I'm like, is that better than my dad's? Mm -hmm. No. That's the end of me enjoying that Saison. Speaking so of having high standards, I have pretty high standards with my uh, sports gambling, Quinn. Oh, well, if you have high standards, you know where to take those standards. Take them over to Thrive Fantasy. You can come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focused on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive had over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes for just week one of the NFL season, and they have awarded over $4 million. Thrive's featured $100,000 guaranteed contest is just $20 to enter, and first place takes home twenty dollars Use promo code FFAffair when you sign up today, and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. What are we talking about today? I'm going to say we got a good show coming up. We're, of course, we're going to go over week eight, talk about some things that we saw that we either liked or didn't like, 
Um, and we're getting kind of to the halfway point of the season. There was some injury news today that kind of shook the world a little bit when it comes to the NFL. So we're going to talk about division winner predictions, and we can kind of branch that into even predicting the playoffs as a whole as we're kind of getting to the halfway point of this season. And then, of course, we're going to go over our game picks and X factors for this week's shots fired. And then, as always, prime beef takes Sammy's number one bullshit. And I'm going to hit you all with a music moment. We're going to get out of here. Y'all ready to rock? Let's do it, buddy. Let's go. All right. So week eight was a really weird week of football. We had the Jets have their first 400-yard passer since 2000, along with other outrageous anomalies such as Cooper Rush winning football games. Um, Sammy, what'd you notice? Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you, man. It was an absolutely odd, odd week. Uh, I was, I was telling you pre-show. I, I take a note on every team after I review the box scores, and uh, I think I have had two or three that I've just had nothing to talk about, and that that for every week before this one. For this week, I had at least seven different different uh, teams that I didn't have a, a, a comment for. It was just a really, really weird week. You know, a couple of them with 200 yards total offense. Uh, Detroit with 220 yards of total offense. Like, what are you going to talk about there? There's, there's nothing to talk about. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's a weird week. Uh, there are some takeaways that we can get into, but uh, just overall, I'd sum it up as just being odd. What do you think, Kobe? Any specific thing you took away? I, I mean, honestly, not really. I mean, it's just a, a weird week of football. There's a lot of bad football to be played. This is the second week in a row where it just feels like half the games were never really competitive. You know, take a look at the Eagles Lions game, for example. The you know, the Rams Rams game. It just doesn't there were a bunch of games that I don't know, it was weird. Steelers lost their kicker to the dumbest fake field goal I think I've ever seen. Ever. Um Yeah. Yeah. Um so Kobe actually sent me a thing on Instagram today that I think perfectly summarizes week eight. Here we go. Trevor Simeon and the Saints just beat the Super Bowl champs. Those same Saints are the only team to have beaten the Packers, yet lost to the 0-3 Giants. A random dude named Mike White just threw for 405 yards. Jets beat the Titans and the Bengals, who have beaten the Bills, Chiefs, and Ravens. The Lions practiced a lot last week. They lost 44-6. Some guy named Cooper Rush, making his first NFL start, outplayed Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is getting paid $33 million this year. The NFL makes no sense. Yeah, that about sums it up. We could have just started with that and ended the segment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Kobe, one thing I was kind of – I was watching Red Zone, but I was also kind of keeping tabs a little bit closer on that that Steelers-Browns game because it was a very good game. Um, And we had no no choice because Kobe kept keeping us up to date in the group text. It's also true. Um. (laughs) Don't act like Quinn doesn't do that sometimes too. Like, come on. Hey man, don't, I, don't get defensive about it. It's just, it's a statement of facts. It was, it was Brown actual factuals. <laughs> um, it just, yeah, it just so happened that we were all sitting here together during Raiders week. So y'all didn't have to deal with that from me. Um, but when I saw Boswell go down, it immediately gave me flashbacks to when the chargers played the Cowboys on Thanksgiving 
and our kicker got hurt on like his first PAT attempt or something of the game and was done for the day. And we had to put our punter. It wasn't, it wasn't Ty long. I don't remember who our punter was back then, but it was before we had Ty long, but our punter had just like Presley Harvin did not kick a single field goal or like do kickoffs in, in college ever before or ever before. It was the exact same scenario. And I remember them zooming in on him as he was practicing field goals on the sideline on Thanksgiving and he missed the practice net. Presley Harvin did the exact same thing. Yup. So no, I, he, missed I, me, he missed the ball. He missed the ball. That's worse. No, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> At least our guy didn't miss the ball. But like yeah. I was like seeing y'all how you were like going for two and you know, like the kickoffs were bad and everything like that. That it felt the exact same way. Cause I was like, I remember watching that game because that was one of the few times that me and my dad have equally rooted for the same team together because the chargers were playing the Cowboys on Thanksgiving and me and my dad sitting there watching that game and just like wondering the whole time, what the hell the chargers were going to do. Cause we weren't kicking any field goals. We weren't kicking any PATs. It was go for it on fourth down and fucking go for two every time. Another, fantastic. That's fantastic football though. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was great football. Um, some of the worst officiating I've seen for, for, for either team, really. Um, obviously all the examples that come to my head are, are, are against the Steelers, but that's mostly cause I'm a homer a little bit, but there were a couple times where it's like, I know Isaiah bugs got called for holding the center, even though you showed it and all he did was swim move and then get like caught up in their arms. You know, it was just like weird stuff like that getting called. Like, is that? Is I that saw some stuff on both sides from uh, just watching it from an unbiased standpoint. Yeah, I saw some what... stuff on, but it was it was really strange officiating throughout that entire game. It was also I noticed some there was some bad officiating in the uh, Washington Denver game too. I don't really watch too much of it. <laughs> My roommate's a Washington fan, so. It's it's bad it's bad across the board. Yeah. Just in general. It's it's it bad. seems like exponentially worse this year than it has been in a long time. Or like that fucking play in the Chargers Patriots game where Jerry Tillery just cold cocked fucking uh Mac Jones after the like it was uh I think it was the Chargers called a timeout like right as the ball got snapped and everybody stopped except for Jerry Tillery and he just ran around the edge and obliterated Mac Jones. No penalty. I thought Belichick was going to have a fucking kid. I thought he was going to have a brain aneurysm on the sideline. Like that's which, which Belichick bill. Uh, I'd be worried about Steve having the aneurysm. No, that's Steve, a, we, Steve's heart's going to explode from all the creatine. Yeah. Creatine or Coke. Yes. It's an eight exactly. ball. It's an eight ball of creatine. It's an eight ball. Eight ball of creatine just snorts it. Just tastes it straight to the dome. I love it. <laughs> God. But yeah, I got, that, I got my son, I got nuts. my son lifted. Now maybe I'll have him start doing that. Oh, Let I thought you were going to say, I, I, you, I thought you were going to say, I have my son doing eight balls. No, nah, dude, dude, no more, uh, no more shakes after we're done lifting. We're just going to snort this. All right. Straight to the dome. <laughs> <laughs> just start, I just start setting up lines of protein powder. <laughs> Tell my wife, Mindy, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's healthy. He's, he's going to, he's going to be swole. So wait till you see the gain. Wait till you see the gains, dear. The proof is in the pudding. Just wait. <laughs> oh, sitting there hey, rolling guys, up a one dollar bill. The proof is in the pudding. 
you guys, you guys want to hear some of the other, some of the takeaways I actually did have from this weekend. I'd be Let's interested to hear some, some of your guys' takes. So the first one, and we kind of forget about this game because it happened Thursday. That Arizona Green Bay game was a really, really good game. Yeah, it was. Green Bay rushed the ball 34 times. Did you guys realize that watching it? No. I did I did not. That's a lot for for that Green Bay team. And obviously they had all the all the the guys in the protocol and stuff uh in their wide receiving core. Um, but they didn't they they really didn't try to push the ball around. I, I thought he would he would kind of spread it out a little bit more. You see Randall Cobb involved, obviously he had the two touchdowns, but the 34 rushes surprised me. Yeah, uh, now uh and Kyler's banged up now from that scramble right at the end. Yeah, that that was a crazy end of that game. I can't believe uh, who do you throw it to? I was I was at a bar watching it. Was it AJ? AJ Green. Yeah, it was AJ Green. Which, so by the way, I, I do not it. fault Kyler Murray for that pick. I AJ Green's got to be turned but, for that ball. Yeah. So so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, Kyler Murray called that audible, and AJ Green didn't hear it. All right. Well, that explains it. So is that AJ Green's fault for not hearing it, or is that Kyler's fault for not making sure his fucking guy was ready? B, it's B. It's that's on the quarterback. If you're calling an audible and he's he's not aware of what the audible is, that's on him. Yeah, you you have to. And and, and maybe what I'm thinking is maybe Murray thought this is something we've talked about in practice. We talked about in film. If we see this look here in this situation, this is what we're doing. Yeah. But AJ Green just went with the play that was called because. In that yeah. point, yeah. You're, you kind of hyper like if you're on an in route or you're blocking because it's going to be a screen, you kind of hyper focus on your big time play and you don't always. So, I mean, now what I, I will say, uh, I just went and double checked that game was in Arizona. So yeah. you got to think the crowd wasn't a, as big of a factor at that point in time. If you it was AJ Green potentially maybe like not paying attention to the fucking audible. That's what I'm saying. He was hyper focused on getting that block. Yeah, in, in which case I would say that probably is AJ Green's fault because you got to be listening to your quarterback pre-snap. All right, some of my other takeaways: Eagles threw 16 passes yesterday. 16. That's it. Two of them by Gardner Minshew. So they're starting yeah. quarterback through 13, 14 passes. That's a. Uh, it's kind of crazy to me and put up 44 points like they did. Uh, you need to pass against the Lions. Well, do you need to pass against the Lions? Did you say no, you, you, what, you do not? Yeah. Like yeah. seriously, you could. It, it's like it's like those Madden, uh, Madden Ultimate Team solos that are the first level, and they're, they're all on arcade, and they give you like ninety nine overall. Derrick Henry, have fun, kids. Like that's 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 what it's like watching the Lions play football right now. But they practiced a lot this week. It, it didn't work <laughs> at all. Didn't work. Didn't work at all. So I think it, I think it worse because then they were all fucking dogs. They were just tired. <clears throat> it's like they were they were probably sitting there like, "Look, coach, we suck. Can we just go home and like eat popcorn or something?" To your point, the Eagles did run for two hundred thirty six yards in that game. So without so Miles of- Sanders, yep, they just got yep. bullied. I mean. You you could have put you and me back there, Sammy. Run the split back. We would have gotten four yards carry. Ooh, I like that. I like offensive that. line was consistently getting three yards of penetration on run plays. I would also like to say, uh, Penai Sewell, who didn't, who looked like it actually statistically is still below both um, Arasaw <coughs> and Slater right now. 
uh, in the sense of like offensive tackle picks. Um, he has grown quite a bit these last few weeks. And I think it all started with him trying to bully Aaron Donald. Hey, so you, you brought up uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, is it time that we're going to start seeing A.J. Brown due to had uh, 10 catches, 11 targets, 155 yards, one TD. He put up a similar stat line last week. Uh, now he's going to have to be the focus of that offense, right? Uh-uh, because- all day. I know, I know AP just signed with him, but uh, it's still Adrian Peterson. He's still damn near as old as I am. All day, baby. No, I, I, Jeremy McNichols. Jeremy McNichols. Oh, my God. Jeremy McNichols is going to be the guy there still. Um, a- Adrian Peterson will probably vulture some goal line touches, and that's about all you're really going to see out of him, um, especially think, for a think, few weeks. I think for a couple weeks you're right, but – it could easily become AJ or not AJ, sorry, Adrian Peterson's team. If he can just find it in his old ass to have one more like big, like blowout season. Now, I, Bro, I, I, watch I, him I really, come in and run for like 700 yards in this half of the season. That's what I I'm think, saying. Like Adrian Peterson has it in him. I think if, I if think, anyone could do it, it's all day. I think I think you guys are way off base. I think we see Ryan Tannehill go back to his form when he threw four four thousand yards a couple of years ago. I yeah. think he ends up spreading the ball around. I don't I don't think they're gonna have anywhere close and, and obviously without Derrick Henry, this is kind of stupid, but they're gonna have nowhere close to the run game that they had before. And I don't even think they're gonna try to establish the run game that's, to the level that they did before. That's also why I lean Jeremy McNichols as being the guy, because Pass he's there passing down back anyway already. I think Mike Vrabel has a lot of Belichick in him. And Belichick doesn't have a habit of changing the scheme for the personnel. Exotic smash mouth. Exactly. The exotic smash mouth. Absolutely. But I, I think he's going to continue with the same game plan until it stops working. Now, after next week, if they don't have the run game that they did, then I see him maybe start to shift. But coming out the gate this week, I think they're going to give a, they're going to go see what they have with AP. Hey, speaking of game plans not working, Jamar Chase had three catches on nine targets this week. But he had a touchdown. Fantasy day saved. It was. It was somewhat. Uh, Tyler Boyd, five five for eight, 69 yards and a touchdown. T. Higgins, four for six, 97 yards. Uh, No touches for him. I just looked at that, and it kind of made me think, hey, are we maybe running a little bit more coverage? As you probably should. Jamar Chase's way, bracketing him a little bit. And now you're going to start seeing a little bit of T. Higgins and, and uh, Tyler Boyd feeding uh, because teams are going to try to try to take Jamar Chase out of the game. I think he definitely up- could. And I think it'd be smart to to do that because, well, I, actually, no, I was correction. I don't think it'd be smart to do that. I get that Jamar Chase has been kind of this game changing factor um, all season. But T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are really fucking good. Like, that's one of the scariest trios of receivers in the league. Maybe outside, I would say probably second behind the Bucks when they're healthy. Um, and you can't just sit there and try to bracket Jamar Chase all day because they'll just torch you with two other guys. Obviously, it didn't work this week, but that's because Mike White's the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, yeah, Kobe. 
Well, I, I, well, one thing, it, it did work this week. They put up 31 points. It just wasn't the fact that the defense, that's more the defense that needs to fix the problem. I don't think you can get mad at an offense that put up more than 30 points, even if it is against a bad Jets team still. Um, but I don't think you'll see more of Higgins more than you're already seeing. I think you'll see more of Mixon, if anything, because if they're they're putting more people in coverage, that means they're getting them out of the box, which means it's going to open wide open for Joe Mixon. I don't know that they're putting more people in coverage. I think it's more they're paying more their coverage more attention it. to they're rolling their coverage. Yeah, they're just paying their coverage more attention to Chase, and that's leaving more room for Higgins and Boyd to work. I mean, I, I can see your point there. I just think typically when you start double covering, you know, normally when you'd send five, you only send four now, so you have that extra guy. I think that's the same thing that happened at the beginning of this season with the Chargers and why Mike Williams was getting so many targets and looks because teams were so scared of Keenan. Yeah, there's always going to be a regression. I mean, I think we talked about it the other day with Jamar Chase and how, yeah, he was having this ridiculous season, but there's no way he could stay on that on that pace. And teams are going to start accounting for him, even as a rookie. I think this might be the start. Of, I don't know. I've been wrong yeah. before. Speaking uh, of keeping account of that and the regression, did Trayvon Diggs uh, keep up his streak this week? I didn't see that. I don't think so. No, he didn't get a pick this week. He actually didn't play very well at all, and he got hurt. Oh. Um, but um, since we're talking about rookies, uh, is Mike White better than Zach Wilson? I'm not kidding. One, one good game, you know. Here, when Mike White came in in relief last week, he didn't look bad. And that did. was with no reps with the starters whatsoever. So here, here's the two things that I took from, the, from, from that display. Oh, and Corey first, Davis was out this week. First of all, I think he got bailed out by a legitimate, legitimate, really good rookie player in Mike Carter. Uh, 15 carries, 77 yards, one touchdown, nine catches on 14 targets for 95 yards. So he was relying on him in the passing game heavily. I mean, that's that's a quarter of his passing yards to his now, again. Back, his, right? his top receiver was out. Corey Davis was hurt. I think yeah, that I don't that think Corey should Davis be taken into though. account too. He's still Davis. the best receiver there. That's that's fine. It's a little hard to clear. Uh, but but the thing that gets me with Mike White, and I'm going to give him hella credit for. You can have four four hundred five yards passing, but you don't typically see it on thirty seven of forty five. That's the impressive part to me. 37 of 45 is, is pretty good. So, yeah, I don't know. To answer, I mean, your question, to answer your question, I'm not going out if I've got Zach Wilson and I'm not going out and trading him to go get Mike White or I'm not trading him probably at all because I think he's going to be the starter, but eh, it's something to think about. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I think something worth noting, Jamison Crowder had far and away his best game of the season this week. Um, but – yeah, I, I I enjoyed watching Mike White play football. I thought he played a really good brand of ball this week. Hey, we just talked about Zach Wilson. I'm going to go to another rookie quarterback real quick. Trevor Lawrence, 32 of 54, 238 yards. So let me repeat that. 32 of 54, 238 yards. One touchdown, one pick. That's 4.4 yards in attempt. That is atrocious. That's so bad. We've talked Gabbert's numerous. We've talked nat, numerous weeks about how bad that Seahawks defense is against the pass, and he averaged four point four yards an attempt. That's that's bad. That's I'd have alarm bells ringing. 
if I was a Jaguars fan. I also, can we talk about how good Geno Smith looked? Like there was a point in that game that he was 10 for 10 with like over a hundred yards and two touchdowns. One was on the ground, but still like I saw that stat scroll by as I was watching the Chargers game. I was like, Oh fuck. Geno's balling. They ended up for 220 total yards. The Jags or the Seahawks? Seahawks. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I saw that game get ugly and stop paying attention. But it's, it's weird. They, they won by 24 and had like 220 yards of offense. That's, that's known as the uh, field position game. <laughs> that's right. That's called the finger guns effect. You know, shit coach, finger guns, co-ed's butthole. Dude, speaking of that shit, co- dude. <laughs> so, Sammy, I don't know if you caught this. This is the type of shit you catch. Um, the Jaguars had two, 12 people on defense, not one, but two plays in a row. I did not catch this. Was it flag? The first time it was flag. The second time, the second time, the very next play after the flag, they had to burn a timeout because of it. What the shit? I mean, that's that's crazy. All right, one time it happens. You mess up a substitution. It happens. But for it to stay. I know. It's like they they were like, oh, there's 12 of us. All right, everyone huddle back up. And and it's funny. You watch someone run off the field, but you watch his replacement run right back on the field. You're like, one, two, three, four, five, 11, 12. Guys. (laughs) that's so ridiculous i think that what the jags need to do is bring back those ugly as fuck multicolored helmets to just completely capitalize on the complete clown show of organization that they are right now they're bad what's crazy is are they the worst organization in all of sports Ooh, Ooh. all of sports they still have more wins than the the pirates still exist and the pirates I did think about the Pirates when I said it. They were my first thought. Mm-hmm. The Pirates still exist. No, so here, here's what about the, the Maple Leafs in hockey? Mm, you have three I, of the five highest-paid players in the NHL, and you can't win a playoff series. That's got to uh, be up there. But you, they still get credit for history. Yeah, they get history That's credit. True. The Pirates mm. have like two good game, two good years. Um, but no, here's the difference between the Jags and the Pirates. The Jags claim that they're trying to win. The Pirates don't. Are the Jags claiming they're trying to win, though? What move is that organization made that you're like, yeah, they're going to be good now? Marvin Jones Jr. and Urban Meyer? Yay. They're as bad as the fucking Lions having superstars just retire early to get the fuck out. And at like least, at least the at least the now the Lions look like they give a shit. I mean they're struggling on the field. There's no doubt about that. But there's just no talent there. Yeah, but they care. They <laughs> they obviously care. At least their head coach cares. Uh, I love for the record. I love Dan Campbell. I love that man. Unfortunately, I, from his first interview, I love that man. He's not gonna last very long in Detroit. My God, I'll tell you what, if you're a GM in Detroit right now and you see kind of the atmosphere that Dan Campbell's trying to build and you're like, man, I've given this guy nothing to work with, but he's a really good guy. We should fire him. Um, No, the next piece that leaves in Detroit will be a GM before it is Dan Campbell if he doesn't have anything to work with. 
here's my concern with Dan Campbell. And it's the same concern that I have with college coaches. And granted, he wasn't a college coach, but he almost seems like he's too rah-rah. And, and professional players, grown-ass men, don't really respond to the same type of thing that the college coaches preach. And, you know, when Dan Campbell gets out there and talks about biting kneecaps, I'm sure there's guys in that locker room rolling their eyes and thinking, shut the fuck up. I'll so, tell you, that, I don't, I don't know the man's think. name, but that Coastal Carolina coach, you got to be more like a dog. We don't need no cats, no meows in here. He needs an NFL shot for that interview alone. Yeah, I think that's going to completely go the other way, Quinn. I think he's gonna <laughs> never will he will he come to the He'll NFL. never get a call. Yeah. He won't even get an email. <laughs> so that's all I had. You guys got any, any other takeaways you want to talk about? Uh, we've touched on the Derrick Henry news. Uh, RIP to my boy Jameis Winston. That was a shame. Yeah. But, hey, Trevor Simeon. Well, I, I was going to say Simeon season. Um, what's the Taysom Hill injury status? Does anyone know off the top of their heads? He was close to coming back this week. Uh, it's okay. A concussion. This was his second, at least second, maybe third week out in a row. So, I think we see Taysom Hill moving forward. Uh, hang on. I have him in a fantasy league, in like a super deep, super flex league. Let me. Taysom Hill progressing through protocol. Uh, Hill suffered a concussion week five, still hasn't returned to practice. However, coach Sean Payton sounded pleased with his quarterback's progress in his recovery Monday. Hill is a strong candidate to start at quarterback once he's cleared to return. Uh, Payton declined to name a starting quarterback Monday. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, yesterday, Taysom Hill expects to be cleared for next week. So, yeah, it looks like Hill's going to be going. I, I said before the season started, I thought that Saints would be the offense would be better from a Saints standpoint with Taysom Hill being the guy, but not from a fantasy standpoint. As someone who has a lot of stock in getting Michael Thomas for cheap, I don't know how I feel about that. But he also might return this week. So something worth noting. I heard it's a couple more weeks for, uh, for good old Michael Thomas. I don't know. He's projected points in all my fantasy leagues right now. That's all I know. Oh, all right. But he was also projected points last week. So honestly, who knows? <laughs> Those guys are on top of shit. Not fantasy. Not sleeper <laughs> in ESPN, clearly. But we'll see. But yeah, Taysom Hill at the helm, Michael Thomas back. We'll see how that team rolls. That team's defense is good, though. Because they're I not too I... far behind Tampa now. I think they're tied. Or no, 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 no. Tampa's got a game on them. I think Tampa has like a bye week on them or something. Like it's, it's like a half a game. I think it's five and three. Well, no, I think it's five and three, six and two. I don't know. We'll get into it. That's a good segue. What are we, what are we talking about next year, Quinn? Yeah. So next up here, we're going to talk about our predictions for who's going to win each division. Um, we'll start in the AFC. Uh, we're about halfway through the year. And I also think, you know, we've kind of had some injury news that, really shook things up. It, it was actually something that me and Kobe brought up earlier today as the Derrick Henry news broke involving the AFC South and where we think that could go. And I was like, shoot, that would actually maybe be a good segment because there's some divisions that are close. Some will probably be quicker than others, but I think it's worth discussion about halfway through the year. Now, who do we think is going to win each division? And then if y'all want, we could go through, we can pick our four division winners and then we'll cycle back through and say who your three wildcard teams are in each conference. All right. All right. I'm in. So 
We'll start off here. AFC East. We got the Bills at five and two, the Patriots at four and four, the Jets at two and five, and the Dolphins are existing down there. Um, Kobe. I, I think it's still the Bills, obviously. Um, Patriots seem to be getting on a hot streak, but I think uh, you get later into the year. Uh, Mac Jones, we'll see if he gets better or worse, but it's probably going to be uh, the Bills, the way that they've been playing. Lights out for the most part, unless they play against the Titans or Steelers. Sammy? Bills, easy in this in this division. Yeah, I got the Bills as well. Um, something of interesting to note with the Patriots, all four of their wins at four and four are against first-year head coaches. Just thought that was an interesting little thing to put in there. How many more they got to play against? <sighs> Not enough. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Not eight more. <laughs> yeah. Um, next division here, AFC West. We got the Raiders at five and two. The Chargers are four and three. Broncos at four and four, and the Chiefs at three and four. Uh, Sammy, we'll go to you. I think I'm going to go with the Chargers. I like the quarterback play and the offense better in in LA than I do. Vegas, so go Chargers. Kobe? I'm going to go Chargers as well. Uh, their offense has been lackluster the past couple weeks, but that's bound to happen. Um, I think they'll bounce back and be just fine. Yeah, I'm taking the Raiders. Um, the Yo, Chargers have been... Is AJ on the pod today? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm taking the Raiders. I think the, the Chargers have just been extremely lackluster the last few weeks um and i think the ravens really exposed a lot of the issues the chargers are having and due to their inability to fix shit at the deadline because telesco doesn't make deadline trades um i don't see it getting better barring a trade for say a fletcher cox or an akeem hicks or someone to help with that run defense um i don't i don't see them beating out the Raiders to win this division. Next up here with it, this division is, in my opinion, the most wide open division, the AFC North, because I think all four teams have a very legitimate shot to win it. You got the Ravens at five and two, the Bengals at five and three, the Steelers at four and three, and the Browns at four and four. This shit is wide open. Kobe, this is your division, so we'll start with you. You're right, it is wide open. It's absolutely the hardest to pick, I think, of any of the divisions, too. I'm go- Y'all aren't going to like my, my – you're going to make fun of me for my take. Over time. It's be the- yeah. Here we go. I say the Steelers, and the reason I say the Steelers is because they did this past week what they haven't been able to do all season, and that was really, truly establish the run. Um Najee against had, a team that traditionally has pretty good run defense this year too. Yes, they, they've had good run defense pretty all year. I don't know where they're ranked, but that offensive line got real penetration and made holes for Najee, um, including I think a 15-yard touchdown. I mean, they were able to move it down the field very well um, at times. And the Steelers are on a three-game win streak. Like that's nothing to scoff at either. Yeah. You know, and it's all of them against winning teams. Sammy. Didn't Najee average like three and a half yards a carry yesterday? I think he did. I'm looking it up real quick. Because, yeah, three and a half yards a carry. So, 
That's with a 15 in, in yard. In the first half, he had uh, it was 4.4. I remember that. Um, and then the second half, they kind of they kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh, um, after his touchdown. I'm, but yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, though. They're establishing the run, and they, they're getting good moments from them, even if overall over the course of the game, it's, it's – Yeah, I mean, you can look. I get it. Look at this uh, – because I'm looking right now. Because they started the year one and three. They had that win against Buffalo, his first game. He only had 16 carries, 45 yards. Then on their losing streak, when they lost to the Raiders, he had 10 carries. They lost to the Bengals. He had 14. They lost to Green Bay. He had, seven, he had 15. And then you go down – and you look at the games they've won. When they beat Denver, he had 23 carries. When they beat Seattle, he had 24 carries. When they beat Cleveland, he had 26 carries. Like, that's the game that Pittsburgh needs to be playing. You want to see him over 20 carries. Not 20 touches, because, I mean, like, even in that loss to Cincinnati, yeah, he had 14 receptions and 14 carries, but that's not the key to success here. Like, when he's got 23 carries, he only had two receptions. He had 24 carries. He had six receptions. When he had 26 carries. He had three receptions. That's about where you want to be, where you're just feeding him the rock 20 to 25 times, maybe a little bit more than that a game. And that's where you want to be sitting if you're Pittsburgh. And one more thing about the Steelers real quick. Uh, this was the first week that I saw Matt Canada's offense, offensive scheme really come into play, a lot more under center, a lot of motion behind. There was a nice double reverse that they that they threw in, like just a lot of the misdirection. It was the first week that I think Ben really accepted that the offensive coordinator picks the plays. Oh, also, uh, Kobe, week 11, we having a watch party, right? Sunday oh, night of course. Football. Yeah. All right, so to answer your question, I would like to go with the Browns. I don't know what's going to happen with their, their injuries. So I know Baker is supposed to come back this week. I think I heard that. He's he played against the Steelers. Up. No, I didn't. See, I didn't. You guys know I didn't get to watch. So, uh, yeah, he played. I, I don't. I don't know what he's gonna be. I mean, and also with Chubb, Chubb didn't do much. Uh, it, they just they worry me. Um, Real quick on were, the Browns Steelers game, I wanted to, because um, like I said, I watched a pretty decent amount of that game. Um, Baker didn't look bad Jarvis Landry lost to the Browns that game and I will stand by that he had drops in really key moments and he had that fumble when Baker got fucking clocked as he was going out of bounds which by the way I think should have been a penalty um yeah but, especially the hit on Boswell there were a lot of oh calls. no yeah that's that was I was just <laughs> pointing out that was one of the ones that I thought should have been a penalty um yeah but and then he, he got drilled right in his left shoulder. And everyone was like, oh, shit. That was the hurt shoulder. And then he comes sprinting off of the sideline and, like, hyped his shit. And I was like, oh, fuck. The Browns just won this game. And then he makes an awesome throw to Jarvis Landry, who immediately fumbles. And I was like, well, there goes all the momentum that that shit that Baker just did just gained you. So, I think that was the point they lost that game, by the way. And, Kobe, you that, know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. With, with all of that discussion, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think they're, I think they're built. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going with the Ravens. This is a tough division, though. It is. It's, <laughs> it's a really tough division. I said, you're I mean, gonna... think, think about it. I said I would go with the team that's in last place right now if I could be sure that they were going to stay healthy. Yeah. That's and bad. that's – um. and I'll tell you right now, you can – tell that we're really iffy on this division because we're all three picking different teams i'm taking cincinnati even though they just lost to the jets i think that was kind of a fluke game 
And I think it was one of those situations where, you know, you're kind of looking past, you know, the opponent because you're like, oh my God, they don't even have their starting quarterback. They're starting receivers out. This team's trash. We're not worried about them. And you get, you get beat. It happens in the NFL any given Sunday. There's a reason that term exists. Um, but the Bengals have clearly shown they're a really damn good team. And I think they'll continue to show that. And I've got them taking the AFC North. Makes my heart happy that the Browns have a defensive player of the year candidate and they still aren't getting picked to win this division. <laughs> what else we got, Quinn? Yeah, next up, we have a computer that won't scroll. Thank you. Um, next up, AFC South. We got Titans at six and two, the Colts at three and five, and then the Jaguars and Texans both have one win. Um, so pretty much a two-team race here. And I'm going to go ahead and lead it off because this was the whole reason I wanted to have this segment. I got the Colts taking this division now. I don't think the Titans can do what they want to do without Derrick Henry. When me and Kobe were talking, when we were talking about like MVP, I think it was on here, or maybe it was me and Kobe separately. But I was saying, you know, MVP is if you remove this player from this team, would they completely fall apart to the point they're done? And I said, that is Derrick Henry with the Titans. Well, he's just gotten removed. So I think the Titans are about to tank hard. And I got the Colts winning, coming back and winning this division from back three games right now. Kobe. Um, I'm going to say the Titans. And the reason I say the Titans is I think nine wins wins this division. That means they have to get three in the next nine games. You know what I mean? And that, you know, in order to beat that, the Colts would have to win six out of the next nine. You know, and the Titans, yeah, they play the Rams, yeah, they play the, the, the Saints, but they have the Texans twice. And they play the Jaguars again, and the Patriots, and the Dolphins. I think all five of those games are, are very winnable, and they get nine wins, and then they're, you know, it doesn't matter. Plus, I think Adrian Peterson is going to uh, play like way better than we expect. Sammy. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Titans. I think that three games is too much to overcome, uh, even losing Derrick Henry. I don't think Derrick Henry's loss is worth four games in, uh, in the NFL. All right. So that'll do it for the AFC. So let's shift over the NFC here. The first one I feel like is already kind of a foregone conclusion, the NFC East. Cowboys at six and one, Eagles at three and five. Giants at two and five. The football team is two and six, which by the way, is my disappointment for the year. I thought Washington would be better than they have been. Um, Sammy. Cowboys. Yeah. Kobe. Cowboys. This, I think this is the year they actually hold on and have a real playoff record. Not nine and eight or eight, and nine even. Yeah. I think, I think that, um, that Cooper rush win really showed that this Cowboys team is legit. They could do that without Dak Prescott. I, I really like them. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any chance that they lose their stranglehold in this division. This next division here, you got two really heavy front runners, and I think it's going to be real fun here as this season comes to a close. NFC West, Cardinals at seven and one, Rams at seven and one. The Niners are three and four. The Seahawks are three and five. Kobe. 
Rams. Real simple, real easy. I think they're with that Von Miller uh, addition. The guy they're paying seven hundred thousand dollars to. Yeah, um, it's not going to be pretty the rest of the year. Russell Wilson's got to be happy. He's hurt right now. Um, actually, he's going to be back for that game. But uh, yeah. yep. No, he's going to prolong that shit. He's going to go slip on a fucking. He's going to John Wallace shit and slip on a puddle of water. It's just, I mean, when you have Aaron Donald coming up the middle and you have to triple team him and then you have to double team Vaughn Miller because he will blow by you. Um, One of the better speed rushers, you know, in the league. So I I think it's them all day because that offense continues to play lights out. Matthew's organization is bad as a whole. Sammy. I'll go with the Rams. I think their defense is – is too much. Uh, even before the Von Miller uh, trade, I thought that the uh, the Rams defense would would have something for uh, for the Cardinals when they play again. So I'm going to go with them. I think it's going to be a great race to the end, just like you said, Quinn. And I can see these being uh, record wise the two best teams in the NFC by the end of it. Yeah. Um, it, I think the big thing for me, if when you think about this division, one team lost a premier pass rusher. Cardinals lost JJ Watt for the year. One team gained a premier pass rusher at the deadline with the Rams trading for Von Miller. And I think that's the big difference maker here. And that's why I'm taking the Rams. Interesting. We all take the Rams over the, the last unbeaten team in the league. Well, they not need well, I guess they were the last, but yeah, not yeah. anymore. Next one up here, NFC North. We got the Packers at seven and one. The Vikings at three and four, the Bears at three and five, and the Lions are zero and eight. Uh, Sammy. Yeah, I think uh, dude up there up north can can really motivate his team and and make one of the the best comebacks that we've seen. So I'm gonna go with the Dan Campbell led Lions. That's I- <laughs> <laughs> uh, the it's the Packers in this division. I don't think it's very good. Uh, I, I think you get some good defensive play from some teams, some good offensive play from others. Talking about the Vikings and and Bears. Uh, but I don't think they have the entire package that, that Green Bay does, so they win pretty easily. Kobe? Um, it's it's Packers very easily. And I think, Quinn, you're actually a little wrong. I don't think either the Cardinals or Rams will be the best team in the league. That or, was Sammy uh, that said that. I mean, the, I mean the best uh, credit uh, record in the league. I think it's going to be the Packers because I don't know that the Packers are going to lose again until the NFC Championship game. God, every Packers fan just cried a little on hearing that. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm right with you, although it's the Packers. What I will say, though, is I think the Vikings are significantly better than their three and four record. That's, that's what I will say about the Vikings. Um, last division here. I think, I think this one's uh, a pretty interesting one as well. I think there's still three teams in it that could – potentially win this division. Yeah, I was right. The Saints are just half a game back. Uh the Bucks six and two, the Saints five and two. The Panthers four and four and the Falcons three and four. Now something else that's interesting now the Saints have a head to head win against the Bucks as well. Um so Kobe we'll start there. Eh, I still say Bucks. Um the Bucks I think are gonna win the other game so that uh head to head win will be null and void. Um so I still think it's going to be the, the Buccaneers. I just 
they have the entire Super Bowl starting roster back, so it's hard to go against them. Sammy. Yeah, I'll go Tampa. Uh, I think that Jameis injury is actually going to hurt the Saints way more than, than people realize. Uh, he was he was performing way better than I thought he was going to in that offense. He was taking care of the ball. Um, Taysom Hill just isn't dynamic throwing the as dynamic throwing the ball as he is. Now he adds that that rushing piece that'll be interesting to see how they they plan around him. But uh, overall, uh, I, I think the Saints kind of fall off here. Now I will say, what's interesting is the. My boy Trevor Simeon didn't look bad. Are we certain that Taysom Hill actually gets the starting job when he's healthy? Could it be Trevor Simeon? No. I'll yeah. answer your question. Uh, but secondary question that Sammy's already answered because of the first question, but I think it's comedy. Every year in Madden Ultimate Team, the first 99 of the year is the Super Bowl MVP. What if the Saints were to win the Super Bowl and Trevor Simeon won Super Bowl MVP and was the first 99 in Madden Ultimate Team. Be the fun. comedy of that would just be incredible. I mean, that that would be – wasn't Nick Foles the Super Bowl MVP when they won it? Yeah, that was, he was also the first 99 in Madden that year was Nick Foles. That would, that would trump Nick Foles. Yeah. I, I would think. That'd be fucking hilarious. Although I think every Madden player would love to see a Taysom Hill 99. That card would be game-breaking. Um, but no, yeah, I got the Bucks too. Um, but so now I want to go back. We'll go back to the AFC first here. Um, and so real quick, just recap your division winners and then go ahead and give your three wild card spots and go ahead and give them in what you think the order will be to in seeds five through seven. Uh, Sammy. Oh, man. All right, so I went Bills, Chargers, Ravens, and Titans. So for my wild cards, I'm going to go Chargers. Chargers won the division. Oh, I'm sorry, Raiders, Raiders. Uh, then I will go Bengals and Browns. All right. So Kobe, Sammy, Sammy has your Steelers missing the playoffs. I do. Um, but uh, now, now it's your turn here. Your AFC. All right, I'm going. So Bills, Chargers, Steelers, and uh, Titans. Yep. Um, the three wild cards are Ravens, Bengals, Browns. Oh, so you don't even have the Raiders that currently sitting at five and two even making the playoffs. I, I think they fall off, and I just – so I think the, it'll come down to one of those AFC North teams and Raiders having the same record, but somehow they'll see it on some head-to-head. It'll be the one team in the AFC North. It'll be some wild-ass tiebreaker shit like the fucking Chargers-Bills a few years back when even well, though the Chargers had the head-to-head win, the Bills had this shit and this shit, and all of a sudden the Bills were in the playoffs. So in order for yeah. that to work, the Steelers and Ravens can't be the seven, the other seven seed. Because they lost to them. So the Bengals or Browns need to beat them. All right. And have the same record. That's what I'm calling for. All right. So Kobe's got the entire AFC North making the playoffs. Um, for me in the AFC, I had 
the Bills, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Colts in as the division winners. And with that, I got the Ravens as the five seed, the Chargers as the six seed, and the Titans as the seven seed. And I think all three, my five through seven seed, I think all their records will be really similar. But that's what I'm going with. Now, NFC, uh, Kobe, we'll start with you this time. Uh, again, recap division winners, then your wild cards. Cowboys, Rams, Packers, Bucks. Um, I'm going Rams, Saints. Wait, hang on, Rams? No, you went, you went Cowboys, you Cardinals. Rams. You went Cardinals, Rams, so you want the Cardinals as your first. So Cardinals is your yeah. five seed. Yeah, Cardinals is my five seed. Then the Saints and probably – it's either Vikings or Panthers. I, I'm gonna go. I say the 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 Vikings. Sammy. All right. So I had Cowboys, Rams, Packers, Bucks, and I am gonna go with the Cardinals, the Saints, and the Seahawks. Ooh. Ooh. When Russell Wilson comes back after the bye, I think we start. Seeing that offense put up the numbers that'll win games. I was also thinking that, but I worry that they get too far behind under Gina. They, Russell was going to play the next game. They have a bye next week, and then Russell's supposed to play the week after. Oh, yeah. Really? Gino, Gino, what split one and one as a starter? Yeah, I think so. You can live with that. You can live with that. Um, but yeah, we. What's interesting? I just realized we all had the same division winners. So I had Cowboys, Rams, Packers. Uh, Bucks as well. Um, and then for my for my wild card seeds, I'm gonna go Cardinals, and then I'm gonna say Saints, or no, I'm gonna say Panthers, and then Saints. I don't know. I, for some reason, I believe in this Panthers team, and I and I don't know why, but I do. Hey, I, 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 I just love their defense. Can I go off script a little bit? Go for it. So. Washington last year made some ridiculous run at the end mm-hmm. to get into the playoffs and win that division. What's one team you guys would pick now that's completely off the radar that you think can make a run in each conference? Um, mm. Off the radar, so that takes out the AFC North. How about the Jets? Really? You think Mike I'm- White's going to go ape shit? I think my wife is going to eat shit. I think if yeah, if if the I'm just saying, I think that's that's the the off the radar team that has a chance. Because I mean, the entire entire AFC North is on the radar. The entire AFC West is on the radar. Yeah, because that was my thing. I was like, are we considering the Chiefs off the radar at three and four? I would have because they're. I mean, they're struggling with the Giants right now. They're up fourteen ten. They're three and four. Um. I mean, I, I would have I would have given you that if you if you had taken it. Because that was that was going to be mine, but I was like, uh, does that fucking count? You're never off the radar with Mahomes. That that was my thought. All right, what about in the uh, in the NFC? Huh. Uh, I'd say probably your Seahawks pick would have been the perfect perfect choice for that. Quinn, you got any? Um, 
now, Sammy, you said like come out and just win the division, right? No, I just mean make make a, a run to get into the playoffs, kind of like Washington wow. did last year. Because Washington came out you know, and won of, their division. Yeah, that was also kind of why I was saying what. Sorry, that I guess I misunderstood because I was thinking like Chiefs like make a fucking run, win the division. Yeah, they could do that too. No, but I, was, so, I just meant a, a team that we kind of we're writing them off right now, like not even really considering them, and a team that could could make a run in, in the last six seven weeks of the season. So since that's what I thought the um, the AFC was, and that's why I picked the Chiefs, I'm gonna stick with that same mentality, and I'm gonna say the Panthers. I think they could just if if Darnold gets back to that first three week form, and that defense starts to, is gonna be getting healthier. I could see the pan- that Panthers team going on a fucking tear. And CMC's going to be coming back. Like, shit's going to, you know, I, th- I think the fucking storm might be brewing in Carolina. You know who I got in the NFC? Who you got? Not, not to win the division, but to make a run and make it to the playoffs is the Eagles. And I think if they can – if they can figure out how to use Jalen Hurts to the best of his ability, which is not throwing the ball, then I think they could be a, a difficult team to stop. I'm not going to say he's Lamar Jackson, but he can run the ball. If you can design some runs for him, get him out of the pocket, get him close to 100 yards every game, which I don't think is that hard to do, I think they're, they can start picking up some wins, especially against teams like the Giants and Washington in that division. So – I could see the Eagles making a making a run to the playoffs. I could see it. I mean, like shit. Think about the other teams that we're talking about being like you know that potential seven seed. The Eagles are three and five right now, and then the other teams that we were really talking were the Vikings and the Panthers. Like it's not like they're only a game behind the Vikings, and I guess technically what a game and a half behind the Panthers, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So. It's possible for sure. And that's a team that you just wouldn't even think like everybody just right now is, is doesn't even, doesn't even consider them. Yeah, that's right. I'm with it. Go add one for the NFC. I'm going to take that as a no. I said Seahawks already. No, did you? Sorry. Yeah. Come on, man. My bad. (laughs) That's what happens when we go off script. All right. So now that we're back on script, it's time for this week's Shots Fired. Um, as always, with Shots Fired, the boys are going to have their 30-second timer to give their pick and their X-Factor for the week. I'll just go ahead and throw in my game pick afterwards. Um, and if either Kobe or Sammy run out of time, you'll hear this sound. And let's get right into it, guys. All right. First matchup we got here Thursday whoa, Night whoa. Football. What do our picks look like for the last uh, couple of weeks? Yeah. Um, I tried to gloss over it because it was ugly as shit. Um, <laughs> Sammy sitting here at eight and six, uh, pending Monday night football on the week, uh, in 83 and 38 overall. I went seven and seven on the week, 82 and 39 overall. 
Jacoby also went eight and six on the week, 68 and 53 overall. All of those are Monday night pending, but if you were here last week, you know we all picked the Chiefs against the Giants. So really easy to make that adjustment post-game. If the Giants win, we we all lose lose one game. If the Giants lose, we all gain one game. Um so no matter what happens, I'm still one game behind Sammy now, and Kobe drags up the rear. Yeah, but who dragged up the rear this week, Quinn? Oh, by one game? Yeah, okay. You want to talk about uh, when me and Kobe, or me and Sammy were winning like 11-3 and three and you were going negative? Oh, we didn't facts want to mention fa- that. All facts right. are facts, Quinn. Just, just tell him, Kobe, facts are facts. <laughs> yeah, my facts are facts are uh, 68 and 53. We're in the 80s. He ain't even cracked 70 yet, so. Kobe, you try hard, bro. (laughs) I mean, look, Kobe, I'm going to start you off with a real easy one. Actually, wait, shit, no. Mike White exists. (laughs) It's not easy anymore. Mike White exists. Um, Colts hosting Mike White and the Jets. Kobe, what you got? I'm so going to be wrong, and I'm so going to regret it. I'm actually going to go the Jets here. And the reason I'm going to go with the Jets, it's very simple. That stupid pick six that Carson Wentz threw on what should have been the final drive of the game. That's that's butt fumble bad. They're going to lose to the Jets this week. What do you think, Sammy? I'm going to go to the Colts. Uh, I think my X factor is going to be Carson Wentz. I think, can he protect the ball? Uh, you kind of alluded to it as well. Uh, can he spread that ball around? Can he get it to Michael Pittman? Uh, to make, continue making plays like he's done all year, and can they lean on JT to uh, to run the ball effectively? So I'm going to go Colts. Uh, Carson Wentz protecting the ball is my X factor. Quinn? Yeah, I got the Colts here as well. Uh, kind of like you, Sammy, I've believed in this team a lot more than I should have this year, and I'm going to continue doing that. Uh, nice. Fun fact, um, like we were all saying, we I, I don't think anyone here disagrees. This should be a pretty good game, yeah? Uh, I think it's gonna. I think it, I think it has the makings of potentially being a good game. Let's call it a close game. I don't know if it'll be good, but well, like I you can, know, a good competitive football game. You know, I can I can see the Colts blowing them out, or I can see the Jets winning in a close game. Yeah, I can see yeah. I can see either one of those things happening. But the, the the point of the matter is, you can go to this game for nineteen dollars. <laughs> That's what matters here. Also, the season ticket holders, at, at least in in uh, Pittsburgh, is what I know to speak of. Like in a lot of cities, they don't. There are a lot of older people, and they have jobs. They don't like night games, especially Thursday. Especially night on games. a Thursday or a Monday. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the old hats love to sell those tickets. They might be just trying to get rid of them. There you go. Keep your eyes open if your team's ever playing a night game. Um, next matchup here. This is. I was going to say probably no. This is the game I will be watching at one o'clock. Bengals hosting the Browns in the division we were just talking about being the most wide open. This could provide a lot of clarity in that division. Sammy, we'll start with you. I'm going to go with the Bengals, and it's going to be, again, a quarterback, Joe Burrow. Can he spread the ball around? Can he throw for 400 yards uh, like he's done here in the recent past? Um, you know, can he get Jamar Chase back involved? Can he continue to, you know, do this, this one-week trend with Tyler Boyd? 
and T. Higgins keep, keep them involved to a higher level than they have in the past. So I'm going to go with the Bengals. Uh, it's at home, and the next factor is going to be Joe Burrow. Kobe. Um, I'm actually with the Browns, and the reason I'm going with the Browns, X factor is going to be run game, Trump's pass game in my mind every time. Um, the Browns are going to keep Burrow off the field, and that'll uh, mitigate Sammy's X factor in, in that passing game and, and Joe Burrow. So I'm going to go the Browns and say it's that, that rushing attack they have. Oh, before we go on, is it doesn't Kobe always say, I will never pick the Browns? No, no. He said he'll never pick the Browns against the Steelers. All right. All right. I don't I don't believe I'll have to go back and listen. That's what I said. I'll go never ahead. pick the Browns in this matchup. Um, but yeah, I'm taking the Bengals here as well. Um, I just I don't think that Cleveland running attack is as healthy as it needs to be. If, I, I don't know Kareem Hunt's status. Uh, I know Chubb's definitely not playing at 100 percent right now. And I think that's going to throw them awry. Next game here, the Broncos led by Teddy Two Gloves heading to Dallas. Um, I don't know Dak Prescott's game status. I know he was like a game time He's decision. Playing. He's playing. Yeah, it came out during Monday Night Football. So okay. It's good to go. Okay, great. Um, so, yeah. So, Dak Prescott's back at the helm for the Cowboys. Uh, Kobe. Um, Cowboys. And it's Dak Prescott. Sammy? I am going to go Dallas, and my X factor is going to be that uh, that Denver offense. Uh, can they try to keep pace with the, the, the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, interesting stat from last week. They had six receivers, I'm sorry, seven receivers get three or four targets in the game. So Teddy was spreading it around last week. I think that's kind of the recipe for success with that team. Can he continue to do that and keep the team off, keep the defense off balance? So um, I don't think he's going to have the success that he would hope, but he is my X factor and I'm going to go Cowboys. Yeah, I got Dallas here as well. They're legit. Um, the Broncos, like we've said before, the fakest three and a record I've ever seen. Um and yeah, the, the Broncos, I don't think they can beat a real team, and the Cowboys are one. Uh, oh, as I scroll down, I find this week's toilet bowl. A couple one-win teams coming together. Someone's got to win two this year. Neither one wants to. Texans going to Miami. Sammy, what you got? Can I take a shit draw? Shit tie in this game? <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I'm, I think Miami is really, really bad. So I'll just go ahead and do it. I'm going to go with the Texans in this game. And I think my X factor is going to be our boy, Davis Mills, who continues to put up decent numbers. Might be Tyrod. Great. It might be Tyrod, but I'm still going to go with Davis Mills. And if it's Tyrod, I'll still go with him as the X factor and say that the quarterback play is going to be better from Houston than it will be from Miami. Kobe. I'm more confident in the Texans if Tyrod doesn't play. Honestly, Davis Mills has played pretty well. Yeah, I I think the Texans actually have a chance to win this game. I don't think they will. I think two is going to come out and for some reason put up 350 passing yards on them. Um, yeah, that's the X factor. I think that two is going to find some way he's going to really pull it together this week. So you got Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, I think I got the Dolphins here as well. Um. It's a tough one. Both teams are really fucking bad. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm going to go Miami. By the way, if it's a tie, I'm getting credit for that. Yeah, no, if, it, if it's a tie, here, here's Ooh. what I think we should do. 
we lose. We're picking the winners. No, I think if it's a tie, because Sammy literally said that he wanted to take a shit draw, we just give Sammy five extra points on this season. I can dig it. I can dig it. I think that's only fair. I, you know what? I will go back and change you right now. I'm going back in the spreadsheet. I'm saying I call a tie. All right. So if it's if it's not a tie, you, a then you get one loss. If it is a tie, you get five wins. There you go. I'm in for it. All right. I think that's fair. Uh, <laughs> we, we make up rules on the fly out here, folks. <laughs> uh, next matchup we got here. The Calvin Ridley-less Falcons travel to the Jameis Winston-less New Orleans Saints. Sammy, what you got? Man, this is a tough game. I think the Falcons are actually a little bit better than people give them credit. Uh, yeah, I'm still going to go with the uh, the Saints. It's in the Superdome, right? So yep. I've been in that crunk box before. It is awesome. I love it. The fans are going to be behind them. They don't care who's behind center. Um, they'll support that team, and I think they can come through and get a win. So I'm going to go with the uh, the Saints. X-Factor is going to be super dumb. Kobe. Saints. And the X-Factor is going to be uh, quarterback play. Um, whether it's Simeon or whether, you know, Hill goes, you know, what's it, what's it going to look like um, in terms of that passing game? We saw Jameis Winston was streaky. Uh, can one of them step up and be consistent, you know, continue to win games? Yeah, I got the uh, I got the Saints here as well. I mean, they just beat the Bucks with Trevor Simeon. I, I still think that Taysom Hill is better at the quarterback position than Trevor Simeon. Um, so I don't think it really matters which one of them goes. I think the Saints win this game. Next matchup we got here, the Raiders heading to New York to take on the New York football Giants. Kobe, who you got? I think this has the potential to be this week's uh, four-touchdown blowout because it seems like we've had three or four weeks in a row with at least one game like that, and it's obviously the Raiders. Um, the X factor is take your pick. They are just a better team at every position on the field, except maybe long snapper. Sammy? Uh, I'm going to go with Vegas as well, but I will also throw out that uh, Graham Gano is a damn good kicker from Florida state. So he plays for oh, my bad. So don't, my bad. don't forget about him. Okay. My X factor, my, my factor is going to be Derek Carr. Can he protect the ball? I think the, the games were where they have lost Derek Carr has not taken care of the ball. He's turned it over. Um, if they give a short field to the giants, they can score. So I'm going to go with Vegas. I think this actually might be closer than expected. So I'm going to go opposite you there. Uh, but X factors, Derek Carr. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Raiders here as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Kobe said. I think they're a lot better. My biggest question is, what does Kobe know about the long snapping game that just made him give that edge to the to the Giants? I don't I don't know. But I don't know anything. I said typically <laughs> to say, except maybe this one position that like. He thought about the most random position in football. Now, um, for all of y'all, reach out to Kobe on Twitter, BeefGarpin36. Um, you know, he's a long snapping expert. Um, hey, long snapper was a position I played in high school. It's, it's, uh, yeah, there you I go. Was running, I was out. running back in lineman, running back part of my senior year, but long snapper all four years. There you have it. <laughs> 
next matchup we got here. I think this one could be really interesting. Uh, the Patriots traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Sammy. I'm going to go with New England, and my X factor is going to be that New England defense. I think it's playing really well right now. Uh, like we talked about earlier, they're on a run. Uh, I think they can make Sam Darnold see some ghosts again. He was benched two weeks ago. Um, <coughs> yeah, I just I just like the momentum that we see from uh, from New England. So their defense is my X factor, uh, making making life tough for Sam Darnold. Kobe. Uh, I think it's going to be New England. I think it's going to be um, kind of the same thing it always was when New England played Sam Darnold. And that was – I mean, he literally saw ghosts playing against the Patriots' defense, or at least that's what he claims. So I'm going to go uh, Patriots because of Belichick's ability to make Sam Darnold look like a child. Yeah, and that was that was kind of my thought. I think the Panthers have a better team but Belichick has played Sam Darnold before. And I think that really is the difference maker in this game. And that's why I got the Patriots. Oh dear God. That's right. Um, the Jaguars are hosting the bills. Um, well, y'all make your picks that shouldn't get anywhere close to 30 seconds. Um, I'm going to look up the spread. Sammy. Hold on. I'm just going to guess it without even go ahead. Sorry, Sammy. No, guess the spread. Yeah, go for it. 16 and a half. I'm going to go higher. I'm going to go 18. All right. Um, now, Sammy. Bu bu Buffalo. And the same thing I said last week uh, for Buffalo's game, their X factor is uh, whatever they want to do offensively. They, they can control this game pretty easily. Kobe. I'm going to take my weekly exactly what Sammy said pick. Yeah, it's the Bills. I mean, my God. Um, it looks like, so Ooh. the, uh, the spread opened at neg at, uh, the bills getting, a, or, uh, the bills minus 11. Now it's bills minus 30, 13 and a half. Um, if y'all think the Jags are going to win, which I don't know why you would, I'm taking the bills, but the Jags are plus five twenty five money line. Fun fact. Still not enough. Yeah. That. 13 and a half is a really wild line. Now, granted, you'll see you'll see a lot of movement um, in these lines later in the week, too. Like, I know the uh, the Chargers-Patriots game, when that line opened up, the Chargers were five and a half point favorites. And by game time, the Chargers were only four point favorites, which just told me that the Patriots were going to win that game. But... Because the public was all over the Chargers at minus five and a half, and they kept putting that line further and further to where people were going to bet on the Chargers even more. Vegas knew something there. But, uh, yeah. The Ravens hosting the Vikings. Kobe, what you got? It's going to be Ravens. Um, Lamar Jackson's on, on a pretty good season right now. I think that's going to be your X factor is him continuing to establish the run game and um, move the ball. Sammy, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, with Minnesota in this game, actually. I, initially, I wanted to go the Ravens, but I'm going to go Minnesota. My X factor is going to be Dalvin Cook. Can they mix up the uh, the pass and the rush in Minnesota uh, to keep that defense off balance? They've got the weapons outside with Thielen and Jefferson, so can Dalvin have a big game and, uh, you know, keep, keep the offense balanced? 
so Dalvin Cook, X-Factor, and I'm going to go Minnesota. Yeah, I'm taking the Ravens here. My big one is the fact that they're coming off a of bye week too, which because the, the Ravens won a game that in really dominant fashion against the Chargers. And, you know, a lot of times you'll see a team get the some crazy, you know, almost over momentum from a win like that and then lose the next game. But the Ravens were able to do that and then go into a bye, which I think was really good for them. And um, wait, no, they didn't go into it. What am I fucking talking about? Didn't they play football? No. They were off this week. They yeah. Were yeah, they were able to do that. Or yes, they, play, they played a play game against- and then went into a bye. I'm, I'm way the fuck off. But they're, the point of the matter is they're coming off a bye. And I, th- I think it, it, it came at a good time for the Ravens. I, the point, they're beating the Vikings. God damn. I'm all over the place. Ravens are beating the Vikings. <laughs> hey, we all, we all have our moments. When it's when it's yeah. Um, next game we got here, the Chargers going to Philly. I wanted to go to this game, but it is kind of insanely expensive for the matchup, in my opinion. $106 is the get-in price for Chargers-Eagles. And that, then, you know, you got some fees on top of that. You're looking at it like $130 a ticket to just go to this game, which I think is insanity. Um, so, yeah, I will not be there, even though I was initially planning on trying to go to that game. Uh, Kobe, we'll start with you. Uh, Chargers, this is their bounce-back game. Uh, the X Factor is going to be getting the ball – um, down the field, and really, how about let's get Keenan's drops on, under uh, uh, in control? Um, I'm gonna say that's the X factor is Keenan not getting the drops for the fourth week in a row. Sammy, who you got? So I'd really like to take the Eagles here because this is the second week in a row that you've got the Chargers West Coast team coming to the East Coast to play a game. Um, I just I just can't see it. Uh, I'm gonna go Chargers, but I think it's gonna be closer than than a lot of people expect. And my X factor is going to be, can they contain Jalen Hurts? Uh, we saw New England run the ball a, a crap load of times against them and try to establish that run. We've already talked in previous pods about how the Chargers aren't a great rush defense. So that's my X factor. Yeah, um, the big thing usually with a West Coast team, team traveling to the East Coast is them playing at 1 o'clock. Yeah. This game is at 4. This is back-to-back weeks, though. No, they just played in L.A. Oh, I thought they played that game in, in New England. No, it was in L.A. If it was in New England, me and my buddy Danny probably would have been there because uh, we were when that schedule got announced, we were looking at going, and then we realized it was in L.A. Um, but, yeah, that game was in L.A. So this game for them is pretty much at the exact same time, 1 o'clock West Coast time, uh, 105. Um, so no big difference there for the Chargers. It definitely a, a good thing for them because you're right, Sammy. West Coast teams do traditionally struggle going to the East Coast and playing a one o'clock game. That's right. Um, but yeah, not the case here. I also really want to pick the Eagles because I think the Chargers might be fucking frauds. But I'm gonna take them if they burn me this week. You might see me stop taking them for a while. Next matchup we got here. We got the Packers traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs in America's Game of the Week. Kobe. It's going to be the Green Bay Packers. And I think your X Factor is going to be another 30-plus rush attempts. I think that seems to be a formula that that worked well for them. Um, how long are they without Lazard? 
Uh, he's already back. Is he's so Lazard and uh, uh, Adams are back. I didn't see anything about Vonte, but Lazard was activated today. So Lazard was activated, and it was a big deal because he was unvaxxed apparently. Um, so Adams should be back too. So yeah, Green Bay. Sammy, I'm gonna go Green Bay, and my X factor is gonna be the Kansas City offense. Can they get on track? Uh, this Green Bay defense is, is surprisingly better than I expected. Uh, but you just see some dumb things coming from Kansas City. I mean, we're watching their game right now on Monday Night Football. Uh, fumbles from Kelsey, uh, missed passes from Mahomes, under pressure constantly. Uh, I'm going Green Bay. X factor is going to be, can that Kansas City offense become the Kansas City offense of the last two years? Yeah, I got Green Bay as well. Um, yeah, and I mean, y'all, y'all are dead on. The Chiefs have been disappointing this year, and I don't think that changes here. Um, next game we got here, the Cardinals traveling to San Francisco. My understanding is Kyler Murray is playing, but he's playing hurt. I haven't seen news that like he's not playing, but they said that he's got an ankle sprain. That's going to bother him for one to three weeks. Correct me if I'm wrong about that. I haven't heard anything different. Okay. So. I guess, yeah, okay. Let's let's jump into it. Um, yeah, Niners host the Cardinals. Sammy, I think this is going to be a really good game. Uh, I I think the pass rush from San Francisco is just going to be too much uh, for him. I we, we just talked about the ankle injury, and I think that's going to limit a lot of what Kyler can do. Obviously, you know what he can do when his legs rushing, but he can also extend a play, and he's got a, a monster arm. He can throw deep, and I think this is going to going to be a problem. So. I'm going to go San Francisco in a very, very good game. Uh, They're at home. And like I said, my X factor is going to be that pass rush. Kobe. Um, I'm going to say the the Cardinals. And I think their key to success here um, has got to be being able to get catch and run opportunities because you're not able to push the ball down the field where he can extend the plays as well with his legs. So I think you're going to need to – try and get, you know, your faster guys involved on, on the runs or on the pass plays, uh, get a catch and run opportunity for them, try and get up the field because they're not going to have the big play potential without it. Yeah. I don't think it's necessary, but I do. I'm going to do my caveat pick here. If Kyler doesn't fucking play, there's no way the Cardinals win this game, period. But if Kyler goes even, even limping, I, I still like the Cardinals here. And that that that's my thing. If if it winds up being too much to where he can't play, I don't think they win this game. But if Kyler goes, Cardinals win. Next match we got here, the Rams hosting the Titans. Von Miller on the Rams. No Derrick Henry on the Titans. Sammy. I'm going to go with the, uh, the Rams. And I think the X factor is going to be the a feeling out process that the Titans are going to have to do to figure out what their offense is going to look like without the best running back in football uh, right now. So um, I think there's going to be some growing pains. I know I talked earlier about getting A.J. Brown involved. I don't know if Julio is going to go, but I think you'll see a more passing attack. I just think it's going to take a couple weeks to start clicking and and to figure out what they're going to do. So Rams, X-Factor, offense for the the Titans. Kobe. Um, we're going to go Rams, uh, X-Factor, which Cooper Cup are we going to get? 
the Cooper Cup that had what five targets for 30 yards a couple weeks ago. That's not the real stat line, but it was something absurd. Or are we getting the 10 catches, 180 yards, two touchdowns, Cooper? Um, either way, I think the Rams win this game. Yeah. Um, I got the Rams here as well. I think if Derrick Henry was playing, this game would be a lot more interesting. I was so excited for this game, and then Derrick Henry went out for six to ten weeks, and that that really took it away for me. But, uh, yeah, I got the Rams here as well. Something interesting that I noticed uh, this week when I was just kind of flipping through my ESPN Fantasy Leagues, uh, ESPN has a feature. It's like a boomer bust thing. It made me think of it when you made your Cooper Cup comment, Kobe. Um, I was looking at Mike Williams because I have him in one of my leagues and they have like the bust, which is like my scoring less than eight points for Mike Williams or the boom, which is like scoring more than like 25 in fantasy. And Mike Williams has boomed four times and busted two times. Like they're, they're at, at a six games played. Like it is either he booms or busts and there's no middle ground. It's, he is like this year's fucking Will Fuller in fantasy where you don't know if you're going to get a fucking 30 or a fucking four. Just, just throwing that out there. I thought it was interesting. I saw it earlier today. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. He's legit either gone ape shit or done nothing every game. But last matchup of the week, Monday night football, the Steelers hosting the bears Y'all will get to listen to Kobe kind of live react to this one as you did with me when the Chargers played the Raiders. Kobe, it's your team. We'll start with you. Steelers, and it's that offensive line that has continued to grow and get better. And uh, I expect them to get better yet again next week against a Bears team that uh, couldn't stop much of anything, um, which is why the especially the run against uh, the 49ers. So I'm going to say Steelers. And watch for another 25 or 20 plus uh, rushing attempts from Najee, as we talked about earlier in the pod. Sammy. I'm going to go Pittsburgh. And my X factor is that defense for Pittsburgh. I think they are going to confuse the hell out of Justin Fields, make life miserable for him with that pass rush. Um, That that Pittsburgh defense is kind of coming to their own. They're playing a lot better than they did at the beginning of the season. So uh, I, I just can't see Justin Fields having even close to the same type of game that he had even this last week with 100 yards rushing. Uh, X-Factor Pittsburgh defense taking Pittsburgh. Yeah, I got Pittsburgh here as well. But, uh, Sammy, you were talking about fields rushing. That I, – I, I don't – I'm assuming that y'all have seen the play. When he mm-hmm. rolled out to the right, made like four people miss, and then came all the way back to the left, made like a couple more guys miss, and scored the fucking touchdown. It's one of the best scrambles I've ever seen. It was a good yeah. scramble. It was, it was a good play. Like, it, it's up there with like some of the shit I've seen from like Vic and Lamar. Like, that was incredible. But, yeah, I, I think even with that going on, the Steelers have some very athletic pass rushers as well that can help to really contain that, and that's going to lead to the Steelers winning this game. Shit, Kobe, you're only an hour and a half away. Tickets as low as $72. Don't tempt me. It's only $72. Stop it. <laughs> you know what we ain't going to stop, though? We might – we might not stop. We, we, he might want me to stop the $72 football tickets. But, you know, if you wanted some prime beef, sometimes you can get a nice cut of steak for somewhere around like $50 to 
And if you get that $72 steak, that's some prime beef right there. Sometimes it's got to take for you. So I was going to do um, a big piece on, on the backup quarterbacks all winning, including Mike White and Cooper Rush and their first NFL starts. Good for them. But watching this Chiefs team struggle to move the ball against the Giants defense that is lackluster and um, and allowing points scored by a Giants team without Saquon, without Kenny Galladay, now without Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard, and another guy, all at wide receiver. This is I. This is DefCon one. This is the highest paid quarterback. This is who the unanimous best guy in the league, and they're not doing hardly anything. This is scary to watch because this was the team we expected to be the next dynasty. Um, went to two straight Super Bowls, and now they can't do anything. They have, a, they may uh, finish with the worst record in the AFC. West. And, and no, in the AFC. I don't know. You still got Houston and Miami, but I get your point. I, they'll have a top 10 draft and the pick. Jags. Yeah. And the Jags, they will they'll have start. a top 10 draft pick at this pace. You are correct. Yeah. At this pace, they're going to have a top 10 draft pick and that's USDA approved. <laughs> now, if you're watching that chiefs offense, especially if you're a chiefs fan, you're like, man, this offense is kind of bullshit, but it's not Sammy's number one bullshit. Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Hey, thanks, Quinn. So we talked quite a bit about the referees this week, and I, I kind of sat there quietly because that was going to be my number one bullshit for the week. The referees are impacting the game, not just in the NFL, but in the college game. At times where it can influence a game significantly. So we'll, we'll talk first about college. Uh, obviously near and dear to my heart, watching Florida State play Clemson. And there was a, a drive. In the late in the fourth quarter, where Clemson ended up taking the lead, and there were back-to-back 15-yard penalties on Florida State. One was a pass interference that was the most not pass interference thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, the DB didn't get his head around, but he didn't make contact with the player, so he got the ball. It should be a clean play; shouldn't matter. And there's no face guarding in in college football, so uh, you, you can't say he was face guarding. I mean, he came and got the ball anyway. He didn't put a hand in the face. Then on the next play, there's a, a late hit that's called as a guy runs out of bounds. Um, the guy is still in bounds. He's got a foot in bounds as he gets hit and pushed out. And they call a 15-yarder on that. Influenced the game. Uh, Clemson scores. Might have been the next play. Takes the lead, and, and Florida State ends up losing. And if you haven't seen it, it's, it's actually hilarious. Florida State does a, uh, uh, a, bunch of, a bunch of laterals at the end of the game. There's a touchdown scored. It ends up covering the spread for Clemson. It ends up hitting the over. So bad beats on Scott Van Pelt tonight. Uh, my Florida State Seminoles are definitely going to be on there. But then you fast forward to, to last night in the Sunday night game. You got the Vikings and the, the Cowboys playing. And there are some just atrocious calls at the end of that game that could have cost the Cowboys the victory. They came back down. Cooper Rush throws that touchdown to Amari Cooper. So it's kind of a null and void. A gorgeous throw, by the way. It was. It was a fantastic play. Um no, but there's there's three calls on three consecutive plays, I believe. It was it, it was three three consecutive or three of four. Uh, one was a roughing the passer. That was anything but. 
Uh, dude lowers his shoulder, hits, hits the quarterback in the chest. It wasn't two steps after he got rid of the ball. It was a completely legit play uh, for on, on a guy, on Kirk Cousins, as he released it. Then you've got a, a situation on the next play where there's a pile as they run the ball up the middle with Dalvin Cook, and the O-line is pushing the, uh, the, the pile, and Randy Gregory comes in. This one might be legit. I don't think it's a 15-yarder, but if you wanted to call a hold, maybe that would be fine, a five-yard hold on the, on the defense. But – he, he grabs a, an O-lineman and, and gets him out of the pile and throws him out of the pile so he can't keep pushing the, uh, the, the running back forward. Then on the third play, it's very similar to that Florida State play I just mentioned where it hit a guy out of bounds uh, as he's running out of bounds. Again, completely legit. He was in bounds. He hits him, uh, knocks him out. This one wasn't a 15-yarder. It was half the distance to the goal, but it's an automatic first down. And the, uh, the, the Vikings – being the Vikings couldn't convert. They ended up with a, uh, a first and goal, at, I believe the three or four, and it eventually became a third and goal from the 11. They kicked a field goal. Uh, we're up in the game and ended up losing it. So uh, it, it was just, or they, they, it was tied and they ended up losing it. Whatever, whatever, however it played out, doesn't really matter uh, because the, the Cowboys won. But you can't have referees deciding a game like that. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. These ticky-tack subjective calls that you're calling in crunch time and getting them wrong are unacceptable. I mean, they're influencing the game. It drives me nuts. I know we've talked about the referees on this podcast and in previous podcasts, but that they should be invisible for most of the game. And when they make a call, there should be no doubt that it's the correct call. It should not influence the game, and they can't get it egregiously wrong. That's my number one bullshit. It drives me nuts. I want to fight every single one of them. Yeah, we've seen – really it's like just like we were talking about we've seen really rough calls in the nfl and in college this year and i think maybe it's recency bias but it's some of the worst officiating just across the board because i don't know that i can ever think of a time where i've opened up twitter and just seen all of twitter upset with the officials it didn't matter if your team won or lost just upset with officiating just slam across the fucking board like, I'll open up Twitter and, like, you know, there are certain fan bases that always blame the officials anytime they lose. And I just kind of disregard everything they have to say. But then there are some that it's like, man, I've never seen, you know, this team's fan base just absolutely go ape shit on officials. I've never, you know, and, and it's legit all 32 teams fan base because I follow fans from pretty much every team in the league on Twitter. And I've never seen just an entire fan base so as a whole upset with officiating it, it's bad man and, and i do want to add a caveat in there so don't think i'm just being a homer clemson deserved to win that game they should have beat florida state they kind of dominated them there were just some some lucky plays there i'm not blaming the officials for florida state losing it's just they impacted the game in a in a very critical situation that that bothers me so i want that out there i don't think clemson should have lost to florida state in other news mahomes almost just fumbled away the game for the chiefs Whoever 65 is for them just allowed them to fucking tie it. Yeah, this this Chiefs is, is – I agree with Kobe's uh, prime beef take. This is ridiculous. Yeah, this is – which I just – the moment that made me change my mind was the moment Kelsey fumbled. Yeah, I was going to bring it up while we were doing the uh, – uh, doing our game picks. It was, That's why you heard And this is gasping. in Kansas City. It's crazy. This is not the type of st stuff you see from Kansas City typically in the last two years. I love to see it. I love it. 
That's one of the most obnoxious Twitter fan bases you'll ever be around. I quit. What else we got for the pod tonight, buddy? Yeah. Well, so, you know, as always, we got to, we got to check in with everybody. Um, you know, where can they find you? Uh, Sammy. You can hit me up on Twitter at Samuel underscore Gordon. If you want to talk anything from, uh, from beverages to cigars to fantasy football, college football, doesn't matter. Hit me up. Uh, let me know your thoughts on something. You disagree with what I said on this pod or you agree with me. I prefer agree with me, but I'll, I'll take disagree as well. Just let me know you're listening. And uh, yeah, hit me up at Sam underscore Gordon. Kobe, what about you? Uh, it's uh, at beef Garvin 36. And, and uh, contrary to what Sammy said, I would prefer you disagree with me because I'll argue about anything, including long snappers. Apparently I'm an expert. Yeah. Um, Kobe's officially an expert. I'm officially an expert. If you don't think that's going in my bio tonight, please <laughs> fucking do that. I like, I like that. What about you, Quinn? Yeah, you can find me at Quinn underscore Cusky on Twitter. Also hit me up on Twitch at Pens1206, P-E-N-S-1206. Um, yeah, we'll be doing some uh, some different Madden stuff over there. Uh, thinking about picking up some NHL, maybe playing that a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the new COD comes out this week, so you'll definitely get some streams of that as well. Uh, yeah, come hang out. It's a fun little community we got going on over there. Um, yeah, so as always, as we head out for the week, got a music moment for you. I always try to give you something new, something that came out on Friday. In this case, the band that dropped an album on Friday was Bad Wolves with their brand new lead singer. I listened through the whole album, in my opinion – it's, it's as a whole a really good album, but my favorite song off of it is the very first song on the album. It's called Sacred Kiss by Bad Wolves. I love it. Check it out right here. We're out. Peace. Later, fellas. Deuces. We're